0: welcome in a to z sports powered by bet mgm i'm austin stanley he is zach bingham make sure you follow us all over social media we are nashville's on demand sports talk network going live every weekday morning on facebook youtube and twitch links to the show on our twitter timeline on our <clears throat> excuse me on our Uh, Instagram, also hit us up on TikTok as well. Got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us and they help out you guys like Wilson County Hyundai. Make them a part of your new car buying process by going to see them in Lebanon or at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. The Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm Bureau Health Plans get better with Farm Bureau Health Plan. That's better coverage, rates, and service. Learn more about a health plan for you, fbhp.com slash ATOZ, and Hughes and & Coleman Injury Lawyers, the official injury lawyers of the Titans. If you've been injured in a car wreck, call them 800-800-4600. So Zach, uh, we talked a lot yesterday about what who was to blame for the Titans' loss to the Kansas city chiefs. And we got into it about what the Titans are a good or bad football team. Uh, But I think the fact that the Titans were able to hang with the chiefs on Sunday night football, to take it into overtime and also uh, to really be within that opportunity to win a game with a backup rookie quarterback said a lot about what Mike Vrabel and the Titans are as a football team uh, with their ability to, to fight that tight uh, with one of the more elite teams in the NFL.
1: Well, yeah, they, they fought hard, and Kansas City has had their ups and downs more so this season than last season, but Kansas City was playing good football heading into that game, and then all of a sudden they ran into the buzzsaw that what was the Titans' defense. We knew that the Titans' defense was solid. We talked about it all offseason heading into training camp that this could be the best defense in the league. Harold Landry goes down with an ACL, and you've had to adapt. The back half of their defense has struggled and Caleb Farley has been non-existent as a first round pick from two years ago, right? So like all of those things and they're still playing good football. And one of the things that we praise John Robinson, look, we do good things and bad things just like everybody in life. John Robinson has his good qualities as a general manager and bad qualities as a general manager. I think he set this team up to fail offensively of not giving Ryan Tannehill in the passing game as much help as they needed, but he also has been very good at finding guys off the street yeah. to come play defense and come make plays. Yeah. And they yeah. have made plays, and we've seen that over the last several weeks of guys that were not on this roster to begin the season.
0: Yeah, Andrew Adams is somebody who's made a big impact. Uh, there's you know guys like uh, Mario Edwards Jr. having a big day, uh, as some others too. And so Chris Flint on Facebook says, the Titans lost point blank. But the gap between them and the Bills and the Chiefs is not as wide as Chris thought. Now, the gap between the Titans and the Bills on Monday Night Football in week two was a monstrous gap. Uh, but the Titans had guys playing at cornerback that are no longer playing at cornerback, like Trey Avery and Caleb Farley. Uh that gave up a bunch of passing touchdowns and explosive plays to the Bills offense. So let's go well, to no, well, let, let's yeah,
1: I want to talk about that real quick. Sure. Because Things have also evolved where the Chiefs, I think the Titans found some of their flaws, right, on Sunday night that maybe a lot of people didn't know that they have. And then the Bills lose to the Jets and Josh Allen hurts, I think, an old nerve that Titans fans uh, have heard of, Marcus Mariota, where on his throwing hand, uh, his feeling and that thing, we know all about the nerve in oh, the yeah. elbow, right? With yeah, it's the, a, old, a mil- the
0: ulnar nerve. A oh. millimeter
1: a day. It grows very, very slow at a snail's pace. And so, does that throw a wrinkle into the Bills' season? The merging Jets, the mm-hmm. Miami Dolphins that have played better football. I mean, there, there are these, and look, the Baltimore Ravens last night beating the Saints, Lamar Jackson playing pretty good football. So, like, all of these things said, the Titans, I think, are in a good situation within their division and maybe, well, I will say not maybe they are in a better situation in the AFC than what we originally thought before the season started. Thought the Broncos and the Chargers is going to be a lot better than the Broncos and the Chargers, right? Yeah. The, yep, the yep. Bengals, we thought the Bengals were going to be, and they, they blew out the, the Panthers this past weekend and they're starting to play good football, but Jamar chase, right? The, the injury to his hip. So that's, Influence. So there are some things that we are learning about this AFC that maybe we didn't. And one good thing is the rest of the AFC South is disastrous. Ugh. We'll talk about the fired head coach in Indy. Houston may be the worst team in the league, and Jacksonville can't get off two wins. Oh well, they, they can, they but they're they they're not good. They're a shell of themselves. So I, we're we're through week nine there's 18 weeks in the season. We're halfway through. We've learned more, but we've also learned about the Titans. Good and bad.
0: Yeah. So let's play this video from Mike Vrabel that he said yesterday in his Monday press conference, after the Titans returned back from Kansas city from a late night overtime loss, really about this team's culture overall.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's all yeah. Improvement. Yes. And then, you know, there's things that, that all of us could have done to, to be better, you know, you got, you got to convert some third downs and, you know, be able to, to stay on the football field. And, you know, what I like is everybody's, you know, everybody's disappointed. Everybody knows the opportunity that we had, you know, is you know, wishing that they would have been able to help the defense, but I didn't hear one time and I can promise you, I, I won't about the defense having to go out there and man, they can't get a first down. I mean, that's, i'm lucky that 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 doesn't happen you know it's just it's easy to do human nature says that you start pointing fingers or hey man i don't want to be out here 100 plays you guys aren't doing your job and you know everybody i believe this is in it together you know i mean again i go back to the special team you watch a son run down there you know stone the guy on the kickoff and, and guys are jacked up and excited and and that that stuff will always be important to me because I know it makes a difference. There what, what
0: Rabel ended there about the Hassan Haskins tackle on special teams and the sideline jumping off. I mean, Chris Collinsworth said that mid broadcast in that moment of my God, like look at, look at how they reacted. And that's typically what you don't see from NFL teams is you see that type of emotion and passion on the sideline uh, from high school and college teams reacting like that. But the Titans have, that type of culture, Zach, what was uh, one of your bigger takeaways from listening to Vrabel's comments right there yesterday?
1: Well, I think Vrabel's absolutely right that it is hard to find because the defense is looking, and the defense is not naive or stupid. They know how untalented the offense is besides Derrick Henry. They know how talented the king is, but they also know what is around him. And look, I, they're probably angry and upset internally, but what they show is, you know, what Mike Vrabel is saying is what they're showing is not that. Now, it's the coach's responsibility to improve the offensive side of the football because they were disastrous. It's tough, and I want to bring something up. It is tough to sit here and look at the offensive output, or lack thereof, on Sunday night. And I saw this on pff uh, our next gen stats excuse me for the nfl look at the average receiver separation i'm going to break down Conquos uh, receiving yards compared to everybody else but look at the league average chig had 2.24 really essentially on a 48 yard play that we all know right well that that's yards
0: of separation
1: right yes and so that has nothing to do with that that's how open they
0: are or how not open they are Yes. Well, Chick only had one reception. That was yeah, it. But that's that's not on that's not on reception, Zach. Because if that's based off of routes run.
1: And so it's not look he's, at he's, but look at the rest of them. No, for sure. It's because they're not look open. At, <laughs> look at Cody Hollister. <laughs> look at Conley, who just look at Robert Woods. Yeah. Like for defenses to look at this and see how bad these wide receivers are that are running routes on top of you've got a rookie quarterback. And the point I wanted to make about Chig is they have you know, Malik Willis had 80 yard passing. Chig had 48 of those 80 on you, screen. You blink twice and Malik Willis only threw for 32 yards without that play.
0: that was the first play of the game. For the,
1: for the Titans' offense. That is disastrous. Yeah. And so, and we'll revert back to the, the revival video. We may play it again because more people have piled in. But the defense knows how bad the offense is because they sit there and watch it. They've got the best seat in the house. Mm-hmm. They are literally on the field, whether they're, and, and they're tired. They may not even be watching them because they're trying to take a blow because they played 91 snaps, right? I think the unique part about this is what Mike Vrabel said, I believe, and those are actions, right? The actions of them not getting upset at the defense. And then we saw on Sunday night after the game, Derrick Henry shake every defender's hand Mm -hmm. because Derrick Henry knows how bad the offense was as a whole. And Derrick Henry is an offensive player. Right. So – you Know we
0: pointed fingers yesterday. Mike Vrabel says they're not pointing fingers internally, but we pointed fingers at Todd Downing, is probably the biggest reason well, why that's the our are. job. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just making that transition there, but uh, we will go ahead and ask you guys. We'll play the Mike Vrabel comments uh one more time and want to ask you guys a question about your expectations. But first, I tell everybody about Farm Bureau health plans.
1: Yeah, fbhp.com is where to go to get your new health plan. I got my new health plan at the beginning of this year. Man, I am glad that I did. I save on health, dental, and vision, and I get hooked up with better service, better coverage, and better rates. 200 plus locations across the state of Tennessee. If you live in Tennessee, make sure you check out Firm Bureau Health Plans. They have the perfect plan for you and or your family. You may be single. You may be married. You may have two kids. You may have one kid. You may have five kids. You may have 10 kids. I have no idea. But they have your plan that, Fits you and your family. Visit FBHP.com slash A to Z today and check out your brand new plan. Get a quote today and then make a decision.
0: Also, download the BetMGM app. You should absolutely do that. And when you do, use our code ATOZ Sports. You get a risk free bet on Pro Football. Up to 1000 thousand A great way to start your sports betting career on BetMGM. So, again, download the app, use our code ATOZ Sports, risk free bet up to $1,000 on pro football. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, the only new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification, eligible requirements. Wars issued acknowledgeable free, free bets or site credit for best seven days. For problem game sport, call Tennessee Redline 800 889 9789. All right, let's play that Mike Vrabel clip one more time. And then we will ask you guys a question about the Titans culture, but here's Vrabel.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's all, yeah. Improvement. Yes. And then, you know, there's things that, that all of us could have done to to be better. You know, you get you got to convert some third downs and, you know, be able to, to stay on the football field. And, you know, what I like is everybody's, you know, everybody's disappointed. Everybody knows the opportunity that we had, you know, offense is, you know, wishing that they would have been able to help the defense, but I didn't hear one time, and I can promise you I I won't, about the defense having to go out there and, man, they can't get a first down. I mean, that's I'm lucky that 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 doesn't happen. You know, it's just, it's easy to do. Human nature says that you start pointing fingers or, hey, man, I don't want to be out here 100 plays. You guys aren't doing your job and you know, everybody, I believe this, is in it together. You know, I mean, again, I go back to the special team. You watch Hassan run down there, you know, stone the guy on the kickoff, and, and guys are jacked up and excited. And and that, that stuff will always be important to me because I know it makes a difference.
0: So there's Mike Vrabel on his culture. So – The Titans are five and three. They're right now the fourth seed in the AFC as being the AFC South division leader. So Zach, let's ask this question to get everybody more involved. How much do you trust the Titans to meet your expectations? How much do you trust the Titans to meet your expectations one through 10? This is not going to be a conversation where, Somebody's wrong and somebody's right. Everybody's got expectations on this team. I have expectations. Zach's has expectations. And all of you guys watching the show right now have your own expectations. So I don't know what they are for you, but how much you trust them to meet your expectations on a one through 10 basis. Um, Zach, I'll kind of let you start off here with, with how you feel about this team.
1: Well, I think this is the right time to do this because you're midway through the season. You know more about the team. Injuries have happened, adaptation, all of that other stuff. You find out, we know what the identity of the football team is. Now, we could assume it going into the year, and some of our assumptions would have been correct, and some of our assumptions would be incorrect. So my expectations for the football team has maintained the exact same at the beginning of the year when we did our predictions. There'll be a playoff team. I thought the AFC South was going to be better. Mm -hmm. But I did feel like the Titans were going to be a playoff team. I still, you know, God, the AFC South is so bad. It's wild. And so my expectations were them to lose into the playoffs, right? First game, I felt like they were going to go up against a better team, get into a fight, and lose that fight. So those are kind of my expectations. So can they exceed my expectations would be winning a playoff game? I think now... Now that I understand the AFC South, now that I understand the AFC as a whole, who the potential matchups would be, now knowing that they don't have the tie break against Kansas City and Buffalo, that's good information to now understand after Mm -hmm. Sunday night football. So I look at this team and I look at culture versus talent. They don't have the talent to get to the Super Bowl. They cannot get to the Super Bowl. I will say that with confidence. I do not believe that they can get to the Super Bowl can they win a playoff game with Ryan Tannehill, not Malik Willis, right? I think that's with Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips as they come back off injured reserve at some point in time. With this defense, I think on a scale of 1 to 10, to meet my expectations or exceed my expectations, I think I'm probably right around a 65 for them to possibly win a playoff game, which before the season, I was below a five because I was thinking that they were going to lose. So I have learned more about their defense, the possibility of Traylon Burks coming back. Malik Willis cannot lead this offense. I mean, I think that's been confirmed. He doesn't have the offensive capabilities at this point in his career. I think my worry. And I think the, point five or the 1.5 over the five for me is Kyle Phillips and Traylon Burks were the pieces that were added to the roster in the offseason. Those are going to have to be the pieces that at some point in time, get some separation yeah. <clears throat> because these guys so, can't.
0: But let's also remember uh, the Titans in the training camp. Process throughout July and August, Kyle Phillips and Traylon Burks were some of the better playmakers they had in training camp. Robert Woods was still kind of an, an unknown because of his ACL recovery. But if you are talking about four guys, four guys were making plays nearly every day for the Titans offense in training camp practices. They were Traylon Burks, Kyle Phillips, Racy McMath, and Austin Hooper. You've had three out of the four guys have time and are currently on injured reserve and Austin Hooper unlocks, right? Starting to make some plays down the field for this Titans offense, regardless if it's oh, Ryan God. Tannehill oh, or Malik Lillis uh, throwing the football. No. I just had to say that just to get you to react the way you did. So, but again, those four guys were the ones that were making the most plays day in, day out in practice, whether it was against the Titans defense or against the defenses they played against in joint practices, being the Bucks and the Cardinals. So, one through ten, what is your trust level? I'll answer mine here in a second. Uh, and Tank Sinatra said, "I don't know what my expectations are at this point." Austin, well, you can figure that out for yourself. Well, the, though, that that
1: yeah. is really the base of the question, exactly. right? Is what? And I, this is how I went through the exercise. I took my expectation at the beginning of the season, saying playoff team, playoff loss. I reassess now. I still think they're probably a playoff team, possible playoff loss. So, right. that, So you're at a six skin.
0: and a half. Uh, com- trust out of 10 for them to meet those. Well, like- yeah,
1: because now I, I know that they're, well, I don't know. There's a, probably an 80 to 85% chance that they're going to make the playoffs, right? Yeah. That's my knowledge of the AFC South. Right. So sure. that's the trust level.
0: All right, so let's see. Uh, Sean says 10 because his expectations were to win the AFC South, and so he thinks there's a 100% chance uh, that he trusts the Titans to win the AFC South. Steven says 9.5. His expectations were already in the dirt, and they surpassed him. So Stephen King in a much different situation there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jay says 9 because his expectations are low. Ten, Nick says 10, expecting him to win the South and lose – the first playoff game. So he feels like that's what's going to happen. Caleb's the same exact way with his 10. I see O with a three, Jacob with a five, William with a seven. Uh, Darren says 10 expectations to to win the division. And then L in the playoff, Jameson says zero slash one. Uh, His expectations are nowhere near attainable for this team. Uh Joe right there with Jameson. He says his expectations were a Super
1: Bowl, so zero. But that's uh, fair, right? That's self-assessment that, of where you thought and where yeah, you are.
0: That's the whole point. Like, usually we have uh a you know, right and a wrong answer based on everybody's opinion here. Uh no, nobody's wrong in this. We're just kind of taking a you know, wind check, temperature check to see where everybody's at uh right now. Ed says Super Bowl champion or bus. So he's probably thinking bus right there. Guy says six. They are who we think they are. Uh Uh, Rodgers is five, but his expectations weren't that high. So go
1: back to that last comment at six. They are who we think they are. Guy, I agree. And I think the only reason why I'm at a .5 above you is because of the expectations of what could be of the two rookies that they drafted. Austin, we know that Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips are better than Desmond Patrick and Racy McMath, right? We know that. So I'm kind of giving that benefit, but both have been injured and I don't know how healthy they will actually be when they get back, too. So that kind of lowers them. If they were fully healthy and, you know, getting experience, catching passes, getting separation, I think differently. But that hasn't been the case.
0: Yeah. Uh, hey, thanks to uh, our guy, Phillip, uh, for the super chat comment there on YouTube. Get, been getting a lot of those the last couple of days. He says, my expectation is the same effort Vrabel able to improve the offensive scheme since 2020. Uh, expectation uh, for championship game, which is at a one. So stubborn culture. So Phillips is stubborn culture. I don't know if you can really say that they're a stubborn culture because I think the culture is what's getting this team in the victory uh, column,
1: don't you think? Yeah, but their talent is preventing them from winning the games that they probably are going to need to win. That, Like, Philip, I, I, I understand what Phillip's comment is, Like, 2020 was unique, right? That offensive scheme worked. But Arthur Smith's not walking through this door, right? You have worse offensive coaching in Todd Downing. Worse. Tim Kelly, you don't get to talk to him, so you don't know what the hell he's doing. And offensively, their roster is really, really bad. I mean, Austin, it's the worst offensive roster. Let's say wide receiving and tight end core in the NFL. I mean, you have the best running back, which is like unique. You have the best of one thing, but you have the worst of the other. And Ryan Tannehill is probably somewhere in the middle, right? As, as far as quarterbacks go, he's not a top ten quarterback, but he's also not a bottom five quarterback. That was proven over the last two weeks with Malik Willis, right? So, like, but how the the, the offensive passing aspect of this team is so bad that I think that's kind of what Phillip is looking at is, like, they didn't change it. Like, they tried to fix their bad passing offense with two rookies. Well, and Robert, yeah. Robert Woods was... that, And Austin (laughs) Hooper. So, I mean, like, I'm not... But it's, let's let's yeah. go back to the separation board. No, Where was, is Robert Woods now? Austin Hooper at least has two yards. Of I also,
0: Zach. I also feel like that's part of the pass game concepts being as vanilla as
1: possible. A little separation. Our pass game con- concepts we yield more towards smaller separation versus DBs.
0: <laughs> Look at what they did in overtime. I'm not even what? counting. The what What did they do? Well, one, they called a screen for Jeff Swain, which was just beyond stupid, but then they just ran down the field and stopped and turned around. Like there was no route. It was just like, Hey, go run over there and then stop and look at me. There was no crossing routes. There was no attempt at misdirection or anything like that. So I, I don't know, but Bork, uh, Bork, real quick, Bork, Bork, says with every super chat comment on YouTube, Zach and Austin will feed Sam. Yeah. So all of uh, your super chat comments go towards, uh, Sam's lunch. Uh, so if you want to think think of, think and of it Sam that has
1: never actually been to lunch. That's no. something Sam has. <laughs> Sam not
0: doesn't done. know what lunch money means <laughs> because when he went, cause he's, I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but, uh, again, Sam, uh, no, see Sam is Sam is smart intelligent and oh, just
1: smart. the life experience that's all we're pointing well, out and he
0: just grew up in a different era <laughs> than most people watching so there you go so you can always add uh, but donate I think I Sam. will
1: I'll give cre- credit I'll give Sam a little credit here I do think Sam is not like the others I think Sam has a little bit more street smart than like some dumb well- Gen Zers uh, Zach, that we see on uh, you, TikTok. Missed, you
0: missed throwing shade yesterday where Sam was uh, throwing shade at Bank of America for taking two weeks to send him his debit card and because grocery stores won't take Apple Pay. And we were like, Sam, like there's like five Bank of America buildings you passed on the way to the grocery store. But I
1: support Sam and no, his no, 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 no. cause uh, because Apple Pay should be at every no, I, I, other I effing I don't,
0: grocery store in that, this country. I don't disagree with that, but Sam did not think of the fact that he can walk into a bank and they can give him money <laughs> to go to, they can give him cash or that he can go to the grocery store and pay via check. That's what Sam had no, uh, no concept of, which was the funny conversation about that. Uh, but anyway, A to Z Sports here live on this Tuesday. So here's my answer. So again, back on topic here, asking the question, how much do you trust the Titans to meet your expectations 1 through 10? My expectations were them for them to win the AFC South and win a playoff game. I think they're going to do that. I still think they're going to do that. I think my trust level at that, winning a home playoff game, Because of the culture, you say six and a half to lose a playoff game. I say seven and a half to win that home playoff game. I feel like the Titans can have a shot to win every home game they line up in. And again, the home playoff game is not against the Bills. It's not against the Chiefs. I mean, maybe the Bills. If, If Josh Allen's injury with the ulnar nerve is significant, the Dolphins and the Jets are not too far away to maybe surpass them. That's fair. The, so that that's that. But it's not going to be against the Chiefs. So I think I'm at a seven and a half trust level out of ten that the Titans can go in and beat whoever that wild card team is in the AFC for that wild card
1: home playoff game. Well, so I've maintained that Ryan Tannehill. This is actually something that I do think is in the Titans' favor, and I, I don't. It's crazy to say this, but I think the fact that they have lost two consecutive home playoff games and they are more than likely going to host another one based on the division. I think that pressure helps this team because they've two times they've wet the bed in front of their home fans. Yeah. One against Lamar Jackson, we saw that live. Then the other in a divisional game when they're the number one seed in the AFC and Ryan Tannehill had the worst playoff game of his career, right? The second worst game probably of his career. And so I do think that all Ryan Tannehill, he has been chugging Celsius on boats all off season to get back to that point in time. It looks like the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers will not get back to that point in time of being in an NFC championship game with an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. Things are not trending in that direction. Things are trending in the direction of the Titans getting back to a home playoff game situation, maybe with better players than they have now, right? Currently, the roster is bad. Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips, Austin, I think you and I both believe can improve to a degree. I don't think it will be gangbusters, but will improve this offense in some way, some shape or form. Absolutely. I think yeah. the pressure of them losing the last two years helps the Titans to possibly win that game, depending on the matchup. You know, they play Buffalo at home because of some things, and Josh Allen is finally, you know, healthy in a playoff game. Maybe I think differently, yeah, but
0: because of some things and some stuff, and you never really know how it's gonna go. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think and Sam and I talked about this uh last Wednesday, Zach, when you were out. Uh, but about what the schedule has turned into because the Titans played right next to the Chiefs. So everything on the right-hand column, there's not a lot of games that you just look at that right-hand column and say the Titans are going to lose. I mean, the Eagles are very good. Well, look, here,
1: here here it is. Uh, the Broncos and the Packers, when you are playing them, they're not good football teams, but uh-uh. they're desperate fit football teams. And, and desperate before, teams can upset other teams.
0: Be, I think the Titans could also be defined as desperate, too. Uh, because of what they just lost out on against the Chiefs, I think the the Titans could take uh, that Chiefs end and and use it as fuel
1: to. They're beat not Russell. desperate. They're, the state of their division tells me that.
0: Yeah, okay. but I, I think they. I think they. And again, what Mike Vrabel said in that clip that we played from yesterday's press conference is they understand what they had slip away. They understand what the win over the chiefs could have done for them. And they had it in their hands and it fell to the turf like a pass to NWI. And that's is, is the, the bummer part of it for them. I think they're going to use that to propel themselves forward. They've got two games coming up, Broncos Packers that we thought, man, can you split those? When the schedule came out, can you split those? Can you win one of the three Chiefs, Broncos, Packers? That's a tough stretch. Why can't they beat? They can absolutely beat the Broncos. Uh, that game's going to be under 30. Take the under on Ben MGM. Uh, then you've got the Packers up on the road. The Packers are terrible. The Packers scored, what, eight points or uh, however many points on the Lions last week. And the Lions have one of the worst defenses. Aaron Rodgers throwing interceptions all over the place. They absolutely can win those games. And so I think the Titans the Titans can absolutely win a home playoff game no matter who they might have coming in.
1: They've got to improve in the second half of the season, right? They've got to develop their offensive skill set. And Todd Downing has got to improve. I think that here's the one thing that is a caveat to what you just said is that they can definitely win a home playoff game. Well, Todd Downing can definitely have a bad game. And if that happens, you're screwed because your players can't outperform your coaching, right? Because you don't have those type of players. If you can't run the football, you're dead in the water, Austin. Mm -hmm. At one point in time, for the rest of this schedule, the Titans are going to run into a team that stops Derrick Henry, at least for like 80 yards or 73 yards. What are the Titans going to do then? And I think that is the worrisome of what you look at this team. And if that happens, I don't have any trust that Todd Downing can come up with those good pass concepts to create separation. They can't separate. You can't separate. And then on top of that, if that's just talking about separation, Austin, we haven't even gotten to the ability of catching the football, which they don't have. NWI, I, I mean, I, I feel
0: like I kind of made that point when I said that they had that opportunity that dropped through their hands like in like a pass to NWI, but I guess that was too in depth, too in depth there. So, well, but yeah, we, I mean, the, the, they're dropping opportunities.
1: And, but no, it's when they get them or when they need them, are they going to rise to the occasion? Right. And I don't think they have the talent to and do that.
0: I, but that's where the odd like, again, the Titans offense in Kansas city nearly beat the chiefs with a backup rookie quarterback, a rookie tight end as your leading receiver off a one catch a screen. And then without your first round draft pick receiver, who's your most explosive weapon and without their lead slot guy and Kyle Phillips, who is good at his job, Kyle Phillips is good and they were right there. They're right there. And so those guys should be coming back. Phillips, it might take a little longer than Burks, and we'll have to find out where Burks is uh, You know, later in the week. He's eligible to be designated to return uh, from injured reserve, and you want to see the timeline on that. It's just Tuesday morning. Last week, Elijah Molden was designated to return from IR on Wednesday, but he did not play on Sunday. So what's that timeline look like? Not everybody's the same when it comes to that, so we definitely have to keep that something we're monitoring.
1: Yeah, and look, this is a good this is a good comment. And I don't know if it's Carol or Jordan or maybe there's all four names, but brings up when is Vrabel going to realize that Todd Downing is bad for this team. We talked a lot of good positive things about Vrabel yesterday on the show about he's not the problem. He's the actual guy that's holding this team together. He's the leader, he maintains the culture, he holds people accountable, all that other stuff. The one thing that, you know, he hasn't been critical, and I'm not saying a coach is going to be critical of their offensive coordinator. And it's because of how the season has gone, right? They're sitting there, they blink twice, they're five and three. It could have been a six and two, which would have been wild. But Todd Downing is not good for this team. But I don't see that changing anymore. Well, any to, well
0: to answer Carol's question, you hope internally. Like inside Mike Vrabel's head, internally, he's realized and answered that question now. Well, you said but he's the not... same
1: thing last year.
0: No, I'm God. I know, I know, I know. Uh, but I but think last you said the year the exact same thing. But last year is the first year. It's oh, all the injuries. Julio's not healthy. AJ wasn't healthy. Derek Henry broke his foot. My, my, my point but is, you for still re- don't
1: come out and say that the man's oh, great.
0: I, exactly, I'm not defending that comment, but I'm saying <laughs> I can I can see it makes logical sense to me. How Mike Vrabel could have justified not firing Todd Downing after last year and give him a year two. After this, in year two, no. There's no justification for that. So the answer to Carroll's question is in the offseason, which who knows how soon that'll be. Is it after a playoff win, after a playoff loss? Who knows?
1: I think Mike Vrabel, this is my personal opinion, I think Mike Vrabel took the same approach with Todd Downing as he did Shane Bowen because yes, Shane exactly. Bowen worked out. And look, we a lot of people got that wrong, including myself. I thought I was like what the hell are you doing just elevating Shane Bowen to de- de- defensive coordinator when you had a bad defense the defense the, the the year before. And that worked, right? And I think that he gave downing the same benefit of that doubt to bring him back this year. The, the great comment I'm yeah, upset about. But besides that, I think that was If I understand the reason why, I think it's easier for me, right? I just have to – that's why I ask so many damn questions. That's why I was a nuisance in high school. I'm going to ask the teacher why that is. I now, I think, understand why he's doing this. But maneuvering through this season is going to be tough because I do think that Todd Downing is going to lose the the Titans a couple of games this year. Mm -hmm. You just hope that it's not a playoff game at home.
0: Yeah, Major Keys on YouTube gives Sam a uh, Aaron Brewer lunch for two bucks right there. Folks saying that Todd Downing is bad for Malik's development. You like that?
1: Uh, well, Malik has some developing to do, so he's yeah. gonna, you know. Uh, that, I think, and I, I reassessed yesterday a little bit. I I definitely got caught up in my expectations for Malik Willis for that game. (laughs) I thought that he was, I thought he should have done better, right? I mean, I think everybody thinks that Malik Willis should have done better. But when I looked at the punt, 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 punt downs, I think that really got to me.
0: Sure. All right, let's go ahead and do this because uh, there was some big news in the AFC South with Frank Reich out and a hilarious interim head coach elevation for uh, Jim Ursay and the Colts. But first, let me tell you guys about Hughes and Coleman. They're the official injury lawyers of the Tennessee Titans, and they could be the same for you if you've been injured in a car wreck. So don't fret. Know who to go to to go get all the money you deserve for being injured in a car wreck. That's Hughes and Coleman injury lawyers. They've recovered over a billion dollars for their clients over 30 years in Tennessee and in Kentucky. They will do the same for you. So that's 800-800-4600 for a free case consultation. That's 800-800-4600. Hughes and & Coleman, injury lawyers, principal office, Nashville, Tennessee.
1: I got to make sure this is one thing I didn't do last night. I put a bet. I, I, I woke up and started working. I didn't check my bets. Bang. I did. The under <laughs> hit. I got 150 bones on Mavericks Nets under. Hey, I man. felt good about that. ninety six ninety four. Thank you, BetMGM. <laughs> use the promo code ATOZSports. You could be feeling like I did that. That was a little, like, there's a hesitant right there. That, that could have been bad. That could have been a bad promo <laughs> if I would have lost. Well, but bad I for you,
0: good for BetMGM. Right, say, so yeah.
1: either way. But use the promo code ATOZSports in the promo code tab. That's ATOZSports, all one word. You get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 for new users. Download the app in your Apple or Android store today.
0: Uh, it kind of fits with what we're gonna ask here. That, that could have been a good for Ben MGM or a good for Zach type of promo. It ended up being a good for Zach type of promo. How about this? How about Jim Ursay firing Frank Reich and then hiring Jeff Saturday as the interim coach? We have to we have to talk about Jeff Saturday being the interim coach, who has been a consultant for the Indianapolis Colts this season, uh, but an ESPN analyst this entire time. Before we get to Jeff Saturday, Zach. What did I tell you? The same day we talked about Matt Ryan getting benched and we played the Frank Reich video of him talking about uh, Matt Ryan getting benched. What did I tell you? I told you, Frank's next. He knows he's next. He knows he's done. Jim Ursay isn't done benching people because Jim Ursay benched Matt Ryan and then Jim Ursay fired uh, Frank Reich yesterday. And Jim Ursay also said... Chris Ballard's a proven winner as he has a 44 45 and one record as a GM. Which well, they're good in
1: quadrants, the quadrants uh, of their football team. They're good. What a
0: joke. Jim Ursay is this a is complete, 2000 at least. Jim Ursay is a complete joke. They're but, a high quadrant team. Yes. But I, I told you Jim Ursay was going to do this, and Frank Reich was out there as the messenger to spread what Jim Irsay wanted to do, which was punt on this season. That's why they benched Matt Ryan for Sam Mellinger. That's why they trade away Naheem Himes. And that's why they're firing Frank Reich. They are punting on this season. Well, you you know what I'll say, I'll keep going. The Indianapolis Colts and Jim Irsay deserve Will Levis. They deserve to draft a Kentucky quarterback in the first round, Will Levis. The color schemes are the same. Go draft Will Levis and be right back in the same quarterback purgatory you've been in since Andrew Luck was ruined.
1: I do agree with that. Uh, I, I, I don't believe in Will Levis. This is what the Colts needed to do. I'm not talking about, we'll, we'll talk about Jeff Sattery. But they needed to do that. After they lost to the Titans, Austin, and figured out that Matt Ryan was washed, this is the only thing that they should have done. It's a quarterback heavy first round. Lose out on the games. They set Sam Ellinger up for, uh, Ellinger up for failure. Of course they did. Yeah, they knew he was going to lose.
0: I told you that. That's what I said. The day they fight, they benched Matt Ryan.
1: And But, you know, Frank Wright drafted him. So, you know, wh- what have you been doing the last couple of years? Now, Sam Ellinger was Chris
0: Kirk. Ballard also drafted him, too.
1: Right, but look, they're connected. They, they work together. So... This is what Jim Ursay had to do. He had to sacrifice the season. Austin, he's done this too many times in one. He sacrificed the season to get Andrew Luck and it worked, right? So like he's just repeating. Usually that's what happens when you get older. You get more stubborn because the things that you have been successful at, you continue to do. The caveat to that is evolving. That you gotta have that evolution, right? And that's, you know, Jim Ursay's doing exactly what he thinks that he should do. I literally said all of
0: these same things after they benched Matt Ryan. I predicted what happened, and it only took three weeks for it to happen. So what no, do you think two about— two weeks. It took two you, weeks
1: for it to happen. What do you think about the Jeff Saturday? And I, we've got a variable video, and I I haven't heard it. But he made a comment on We
0: might we might save the Frank Wright Rabel thing for another day because we're already 46 minutes in and we might
1: as well play it now.
0: I well, I mean, it's a it's about a different time. It'll it'll take us down a completely different road that we don't have time to go through today. I, again, it, t- believe me, that will take us down a path that we just don't have time for today.
1: All right. So what about Jeff Saturday? Yes. Is this right, wrong, and different? Is Jim Ursay's team, right? So we gotta. And look, you can sit here and, and hoop and holler on Twitter and on social media, but at the end of the day, it's Jim Ursay's team. You can't tell the man what to do, just like you can't tell Jerry Jones what to do, just like you can't tell Amy Adams Strunk what to do. It's their effing team. So you can have your opinion on Twitter, but ultimately he makes the final decision. And he made the decision to hire his buddy, a guy that he has known, a, a celebrity within the franchise, and a good a good guy. Jeff Saturday is notoriously a smart individual. Now, is he? I think the 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 question in question is is he qualified enough to be an NFL interim coach for a period of time? We asked the same thing about Deion Sanders. He's doing pretty good at Jackson State, but Jackson State's much different than the that's Indianapolis Colts. A, well, and that's in the, the Deion Sanders situation is completely different than this.
0: Jeff Saturday is not on the coaching staff. He's not in the building every day. He's, he's working in Bristol, Connecticut. He's a consultant for the team, but how often is he doing anything? Like Jeff Saturday being the, and this is nothing against Jeff Saturday and everything about Jim Ursay. What is Jim Ursay telling every human being that spends 60 hours a week in that facility? He tells every single one of them they aren't good enough. True. And but if that's I, his opinion, Austin, that is
1: his that's his opinion. But that's not what you don't No. Do. No, Austin, if he believes that they're not good enough, he should not be forced to hire within it, the building if he doesn't think that they're good enough. I'm not sitting here supporting saying that Jeff Saturday is the best candidate that he could have ever pick. But Austin, you just said it. Maybe that's what he believes. But that is
0: so... It's just burning everything to the ground.
1: (laughs) He's... he's, And... and, What do you think Chris Painter's season was? Curtis Painter, excuse me. Well, that was a different situation
0: because Peyton Manning had neck surgery. So, like, again, that was a... He
1: burned it to the ground for a year and rebuilt. It's the same concept. That's the point. No, that wasn't by... That was
0: by that wasn't by choice. This is burning it to the ground by choice because everything trickles down. If you're if Jim Ursa, the owner, is saying every single human being is not good enough in the building, it's talking about players, support staff, coaching staff, assistant coaches, everybody, right? Trainers, everybody. And that you bring in somebody that has no idea uh, what's going on on a daily basis because he's a consultant working a job for ESPN. I mean it's just a ridiculously bad move because now players are be- and, and coaches are being undermined and un- undercut by somebody that's coming in from the outside. It's just a it's a way to create discombobulation and infighting. That's exactly what he's doing. He's well, just creating fi- he's creating the finger pointing that Mike Vrabel isn't allowing to happen.
1: Well, Lane brings up that it's a publicity stunt. And look, we are in an era of today's age and society that we get publicity stunts every day. Yeah. Every day. Like, literally, it is hilarious, the publicity stunts that are trickling through our Twitter feeds each and every day. This is just another one. So, but Austin, I, I still, I maintain... It's his team. He can do whatever the hell he wants to do with I, it. I, I'm not saying he can't. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that. But, I mean, golly. Like,
0: it's just so, it's just very on brand for Jim Irsay. That's what it is. Very on brand for Jim Irsay. Because a guy who...
1: Well, yeah, uh, would you expect anything less? I mean, it's good for the Titans. It's good for the Jags. It's good for the Texans. It like, probably sets them back a little bit. At, at this point... It's
0: incredible that Peyton Manning was able to win a Super Bowl with this guy's the owner. <laughs> like that says more about Peyton Manning because they they flat out ruined Andrew Luck. They did. They ruined him. They they completely burnt him out and mishandled all the injuries. They didn't give him enough help on the offensive line. That offensive line was trash for years. Jim Merce lucked into Andrew Luck. Pun not intended, and then ruined that and have been trying to piecemeal it together and has burned everything up inside.
1: All right, let's do this because this is the last time that we'll be able to do this. Okay. The Colts currently sit three, five, and one, okay? Yeah. Raiders, Eagles, Steelers, Cowboys, Vikings, Chargers, Giants, Texans. That's yeah, the remaining I, schedule. I, I got lost there. How many games can? What's your over under games of Jeff Saturday winning? I,
0: I got to go pull it up so I can. I'm a visual person, not an audible, not an audible person, so that hurt me uh, right there to try to, to catch keep up. All right, so how many games can they win? They can beat the Raiders. Interim coach Juice Bump. I don't know. Does it count with Jeff Saturday? Maybe they can beat the Raiders. They can beat the Steelers at home. I'm
1: done. And then you have the Texans. They can, at I mean, the they end can.
0: The they nobody wants to win that game. Like the the yeah, the, I know. Right? That's like, I nobody wants to actually win the game with it. Uh, Texans at Colts in Week 18. So
1: so one and a half.
0: You're saying the over under one and a half. Yeah, I mean, that's the correct total. Because you can say they have three teams that they're better than, but that's including the Raiders.
1: And yeah. a coach that has never coached in college in the NFL. He's been like a high school. Coach. I think Lane gets the love of the show. What? This is a publicity stunt. It is. That's all that's, it is. That's so, all Jim Irsay and, is. He's but, just a big... But take it as that. Don't get up in the arms when the owner doesn't do what you say. The owner the owner, has notoriously shown us that he's a little crazy. Maybe a lot crazy. And he, he pulls publicity stunts. Mm-hmm. So... That's why I think it's funny for all these analysts sitting there. And look, there is some undertones with the Rooney rule, and I think that that will probably be looked at with the interim head coach in the offseason. That is what
0: I think. What's the difference, Zach, in Jeff Saturday and Reggie Wayne?
1: The relationship that Jim Irsay has with Jeff Saturday and Reggie Wayne, probably.
0: Reggie Wayne's on the staff.
1: But you said, I think the smartest thing that was said, honestly, was your comment saying that Jim Hersey doesn't believe in anybody in the building. I think that's right. And you know who's in the building? Reggie Wayne. So that's your answer.
0: Yeah, I just... uh, And shout
1: out to TJ Strayhorn. Yeah, Uh, TJ, a little McRibs, McRibs on uh, for Sam. So uh, TJ... (laughs) I like... uh, who are, I, God, I
0: wish, oh, Bork Borkington said that every super chat comment on YouTube goes to Sam's lunch money. <laughs> at this uh, rate,
1: Sam, we're going to be eating it. Ruth Chris, right? After TJ's donation.
0: Sam just got out of college, but that freshman 15 is going to be coming back real quick. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, all right, A to Z Sports here live on this Tuesday. Let's go ahead and get the Tuesday Sports Trivia you on the show. We uh, were eight and two last week, thanks to uh, Brad's drink. Uh So uh, eight and two last week, we're at 78.7%. We need to go. Honestly, Zach, we really need a nine and one day. We really need a nine and one day today. So let's get it going. Uh, But first, tell us about Wilson County Hyundai.
1: Yeah, Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go to get your next ride. Bottom right corner, you see on that screen, that's the Palisade, full-size SUV, full Full size, baby. It's got third row seating. It's got all the bells and whistles. It's got bucket seats, leather interior at a great price. That's WilsonCountyHyundai.com. They also have the Sonata, the Elantra, the Tucson, the Santa Fe, the Ionic, which is battery powered. I mean, that thing, they have the fleet of vehicles. If you are in the market for a car or an SUV, Check out Hyundai, WilsonCountyHyundai.com, Pain Bone, family owned and operated. Quick trip down I 40, exit 236. That's WilsonCountyHyundai.com.
0: Also, if you want to help uh, Sam's lunch money fund, you can also download the BetMGM app and use our promo code ATOZ Sports, and you get a risk free bet on pro football up to $1,000. It's really easy, just like that. You download the app, you plug in our code ATOZ Sports, make your first deposit, and that first bet is risk free. Uh, up to $1,000 on pro football with the BetMGM app. It's time for Tuesday Sports Trivia. All right, Zach, we've got 10 questions and one rule. No Googling. That's it. One rule. No Googling. 10 questions. Seven sports. Three non-sports. The non-sports category today is movies. We need... A nine and one week, to be honest. Orlando says that's a tough ask. I agree, especially when I'm going to be zero help in the movie category. But we're going to go for it. Nine and one. Let's get it rolling. All right. Uh, first
1: up. Oh, I'm going to save that one real quick. Um, what quarterback threw eight interceptions in a 1950 game against Philadelphia? What quarterback threw eight interceptions? in a 1950 game against Philadelphia. Now, here is the good part about this question. A couple of these choices I think we can eliminate. Ty Detmer, Zeke Bradkowski, Jim Hardy, or Ken Stabler. So I think we can eliminate Ty Detmer because he wasn't playing in 1950. Neither was Stabler. Neither was Ken Stabler.
0: Well, that's good. So we have 50% chance <laughs>
1: Zeke, Bradkowski, or Jim Hardy.
0: Uh we're getting we're getting a lot of hardys. Jim Hardy. Oh, everybody's going Jim Hardy.
1: You want to lock it in?
0: Finally to Z Jim Hardy. Again, no Googling, guys, but I, you know, I think we're in we're quick quick enough. So let's go Jim Hardy.
1: Detmer, Stabler, and Bradkowski all threw seven in a game. <laughs> Hardy actually threw eight September 24th, 1950 against Philadelphia. He actually made the Pro Bowl that year. I didn't know they threw eight times in a game back in the 1950s. Right. Um,
0: all right, next. next How question? many times would Malik Willis have to throw a pass to get eight or seven?
1: Don't answer that, but okay, <laughs> keep going. Uh which was the home of the very first college football game. We had this before? Um not this specific one. What was the home of the very first college football game? Rutgers okay. Rutgers Columbia Princeton or Harvard? I thought we've had this. I think we've had I least. think
0: we've had um
1: Who was it against?
0: I think we've had who. I think we've had the game, but I don't think we've talked about who. But I think it's Rutgers. I think it's Rutgers.
1: You want to lock that in?
0: Yeah, it's Rutgers. No, we haven't had this specific question. We've had who played in the first college football game, not where was it played. I think it's Rutgers. Right at Rutgers. Final A to
1: Z. Final score six to four. I now I remember that score. Uh, eighteen sixty nine. The Scarlet Knights defeated Princeton at home.
0: Yeah, Princeton at Rutgers. Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 question we had before was who played, and it was Princeton Rutgers. But all right, so we are two and
1: zero. Oh. How many games did the Philadelphia 76ers win in 1989, 1990, 55, 60, 43, or 53? How many games did the Philadelphia 76ers win in 1989, 90? So is Barkley on those six sixers teams? I want to say yes because, I mean, he obviously was with the Phoenix Suns in 93 because that's when they played the Bulls. The Sixers were not, uh, well, they didn't make that much of a wave in the playoff. 1989, the Pistons won the NBA championship.
0: Yeah. 89 and 90, the Pistons won. So what were the answers again?
1: 55, 60, 43 or 53
0: we're getting a lot of 53s and 55s in the chat i want to say 55 is the no. i think 53 is the most popular answer from the chat
1: do you want to go with that
0: i don't know it's a it's a coin toss between 55 and 53 which
1: we got to make a decision
0: Jarrell says 55. He's a, he's our NBA guy. So I, I think we need to uh, go 55 finally to Z.
1: The Philadelphia 76ers were second in the Eastern Conference. Winning 53 games ah, that year.
0: That's 53 and 55. That's too close for multiple choice. That's weak.
1: <laughs> well... Here's another one that's close. Mm, two and one. What was Patrick Ewing's highest scoring average? 22.8, 24.5, 31.4, or 28.6. I, I, you're going to have to read those again. What was Patrick Ewing's highest scoring average? 22.8, 24.5, or 28.6. So it can't be 22.8. He had to have averaged high. And his big year, well, he scored a lot when he was younger, but they went to the finals in 1999 against, that was a shortened season against the Spurs.
0: Yeah, it's not 30. It's not the 31 number. There's no way.
1: So it's 28.6 or 24.5. I think, ideally, the highest scoring average would be 28.6. I think, it. Uh, see, Nick
0: Ewing, re- related to Patrick, maybe, I don't know, uh, says mm-hmm. 28.6, maybe in 94.
1: <clears throat> I think it's 28.6. I, see,
0: I think, it, I feel like 24.5 is the number because I feel like, it was lower scoring overall. The the Knicks had some guard play that was pretty good, and Patrick Ewing's t- I mean, half points a game. Patrick
1: Ewing was dominant, though.
0: I know, I know, but like, he's not shooting threes. Like he's getting twos, baby. Like that's that's just
1: a- what the NBA was.
0: I, no, I know that, but the, but it wasn't
1: like they were scoring a hundred points in a game. Yeah, but most of the points were two pointers. That's I think my No, premise. I know
0: that, but no, but like but they had like Allen Houston and, and all and Starks and these guys who could score and shoot from the outside. I don't think it was I don't think it was that high. 28 is too much to average. I think it's like 24 and a half.
2: All right,
1: you want to go with it? I mean, I'm not definite that it's 28.6, but I think that is the most logical answer out of the four. We just
0: need like a rapid answer. Twenty-four, twenty-eight. What do people think, the people saying?
1: Well, chat? here. W- what do you want to do? I, I.
0: I say twenty-four and a half. You Final lock way to that Z. in. Finally, to he?
1: During that season, he also scored a career high of fifty-one points in a game. <laughs> In the yeah, eight,
0: play, play a lot of games in it's the 19th.
1: Like, yeah. that, that helps your average, though, because he averaged 28.6 points per game that year. My bad, guys. Dang it. I, I two two. just 24 is too low for that type of superstar. All
0: right. 22 or two and two. Sorry about that. Nine and one's out the window. <laughs> All right. Next question.
2: God.
1: Um, let's see here, Nick. You never
0: said you're a Knicks fan, you just said a guess. <laughs> you never said you're a Knicks fan. <laughs>
1: In 1909, this is something I just don't know. In 1909, the points given for a field goal dropped to three. How many points were awarded for a field goal the year prior? Four? You got to submit it. So, I, I In 1909, the points given for a field goal dropped to three. How many points were awarded for a field goal the year prior?
0: I think it's four because what was that score, the Princeton Rutgers game?
1: Six to four.
0: Touchdown and a field goal. I say we go four. Final A to Z, four.
1: Is it five? In 1883, amazingly, a field goal was worth five points when a touchdown or a conversion was only worth three. But in, ni- in excuse me, 1897, the scoring system was changed and the touchdown became worth five points, conversions worth one point. The scoring system was then changed again in 1904 to make field goals only worth four points. Then changed in 1909 to three, so we got it right. The answer is four.
0: All right, we got it right. We got it right. So we are now three and two, halfway through our Tuesday sports trivia. We got two more sports questions left. Then we go to movies. Uh, we need to go eight and two. So we need to just finish out the last five questions. We're going five in a row. Real quick, let me tell you guys about the Bone and Joint Institute. BoneandJointTN.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever you get hurt know where to go, know how to get back to healthy bone and joint tn.org. All right, Zach, we're 3 and 2. What we got next?
1: What is the Australian national football team known as?
0: Oh. Is this is this multiple choice? Oh, dang it. I would have been up Nate, I know Nate is watching. Nate's Burner's watching somewhere.
1: Nate's Burner what are they known
0: as? I uh, no if you would if you would have given me Kangaroos socceroos. Nate's here. He says kangaroos. <laughs>
1: the kangaroos. The roos. The dingoes. <laughs>
0: Now we're getting socceroos from our guy Ian and Jeff. Socceroos from Titans, Kyle. Socceroos from Noah. So we go knock. We go, let's go socceroos. Final A to Z socceroos.
1: Bringing joy to the Aussie, to Aussie football fans for 100 years, the Australian national football team, effectively known as the socceroos. Hey,
0: also, Jeff Rubel, born in Australia. I think I knew that, but I probably forgot it at one point in time. Well. Hey, a couple well, couple Australians uh, watching the show, which is always good for things well, like this.
1: We're going to need them again. Four and two. Oh, what we got? The Socceroos were called up to play their first ever match on June 17th, 1922. Who was their opponent? South Africa, Japan, England or New Zealand. Who was the f- soccer's first opponent? Now, you know, geographically South Africa, well, uh, New Zealand would make the most sense mm-hmm. geographically. Japan could also too. We're called up I guess called up from the division or called up from Japan because they're North of Australia. (laughs) New
0: Zealand is also North of Australia, but I would say read it again, read it
1: again. The Socceroos were called up to play their first ever match on June 17th, 1922. Who was their opponent? South Africa, Japan, England, or New Zealand.
0: Uh, It's gotta be uh, the chat saying New Zealand. Um, That does make logical sense. I think we have to go with New Zealand. I don't know if it's going to be it, but I think we have to go to New Zealand.
1: You want to lock it in?
0: Yeah, finally to Z.
1: The team was formed for a three-match tour of New Zealand. They lost two matches and drew their other. Okay. New Zealand.
0: So that makes us five and two through our sports. So now it's three movie questions. let see what we can get.
1: All right. Calling on our 007. Maybe Lou Man can help us here. How did Jill Masterson die in Goldfinger? She was thrown into the pool of piranhas. She was mauled by hunting dogs. Her skin was painted gold. Where she drowned in a waterbed. Wasn't this
0: the piranhas? Are you talking to me or are you talking to the chat? I'm the, not chat. Okay. You, the chat. <laughs> Good. How I'm did Jill help.
1: Masterson die in Goldfinger?
0: Uh, Lou Man, of course, with uh, all the help that he is, he says, uh, bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Skin painted gold is what it, we're getting from a couple people. Poisoning. From orlando skin painted gold poisoning
1: gold finger does make sense but i think piranhas maybe i'm thinking like nick is the sharks with the freaking laser beams (laughs) also i've never seen those movies either
0: (laughs) look when you when you grow up and your name's austin in the 1990s you don't go see Austin Powers because you get called Austin Powers every day. Or you could
1: just, you could have started a new career in life and been an impersonator. That's not how it works.
0: Uh, So let's go skin painting gold final A to Z.
1: Jill suffers from the most iconic Bond girl death of all time. She's covered in gold paint and dies by skin suffocation. There you go. This is something that I, I have not seen, but... What is the name of Holly's cat in Breakfast at Tiffany's?
0: I also have never seen this.
1: (laughs) Now, this one you have to submit. What is the name of Holly's cat in Breakfast at Tiffany's? Now, Breakfast at Tiffany's is a iconic movie. I have not seen it, so I don't know how involved the actual cat is. Steven says cat.
0: Nate Berner says, Mr. Something. Orlando says, Piffles. John says, Damn it. I just watched this with my wife.
1: So that's the, we. this is what we need. John, you got to think, just think a little harder. You can't call a friend. She's got to be in the room. Breakfast at Tiffany's. What is the name of Holly's cat?
0: Orangey. Michael says orangey and Jeff Rubel says orange something. Brad says, I think it was a color of some sort. And then Patrick says orangey. I think we're getting somewhere with orangey. Shelly says orangey. Shelly, who came in big with our uh, soap opera stuff a couple of weeks ago.
1: You want to lock that I think in? we have
0: to go orangey finally to Z. And John, I hope you feel better.
1: Cat oh. is more or less a stray who has adopted Holly as his own. Unfortunately, Holly really can't or won't develop any sort of emotional attachment to anything or anyone. She won't even give Cat an actual name. His he simply remains Cat. Oh no. We had a cat early we on. We had
0: a couple of cat answers, but Orangey came in real strong.
1: Ooh, oh man, I don't I I now I got to really think. This is, I liked this movie and this was the follow-up of Leonardo DiCaprio's Titanic, but 1998 The Man in the Iron Mask, which character dies defending Philippe? Queen Anne, Aramis, Porthos or D'Artagnan? D'Artagnan sounds the most familiar from that movie. So The Man in the Iron Mask is based off, I believe, Louis Sixteenth had a twin brother. This is a, I think it's a fictional story. Had a twin brother, but at birth, one only one can be king. So one is put into an iron mask and sent off. The other one is king. The king is like, uh, how do I say this without cur- cursing? He's a bad guy. He's not a good guy. But the guy in the iron mask is trying to prove that he is... Uh, the king, because he's a identical twin. Sounds so good. The, the question is: the man in the iron mask. Which character dies defending Philippe? Queen Anne, Aramis, Porthos, or D'Artagnan? D'Artagnan is getting a. a I think it's D'Artagnan.
0: So I think we have to go with D'Artagnan.
1: You want to lock that in? I mean, sure. I I, I have no idea. I've never seen it. Philippe, who played by Leonardo DiCaprio, is attacked by Louis, Louis XVI, and takes a dagger from him. D'Artagnan, played by Gabriel Brine, jumps in front of Philippe. D'Artagnan dies before he can finish the Musketeers' famous slogan, all for one and one for all. Yeah, the three math musketeers are part of it. So, D'Artagnan is the correct answer. All right. So, we went seven and three.
0: Thanks to uh, Patrick Ewing, Cat, and I don't even remember the first one we missed. What was the first one? It was the third question because we started two and zero, then we went to two and one. Sixers. Sixers wins. That was tough, man. Ah, real, real big struggle there. We're gonna have to have a really good week next week.
1: So we've got somebody saying that orangey is correct. So if this is a challenge flag, we
0: have a, yeah, we've had a challenge flag in the a couple of weeks ago.
1: According to the book, now this is a movie. It is saying orangey. Oh, cat was played by orangey. So that the, the cactus? <laughs> so it's not correct. Uh. Played by orangey. So orangey was the original cactus. And played the character Cat. Okay, so that doesn't count. Seven and three. I think there's some Googling involved there. There's no way that they knew that the Catress was orangey.
0: I mean, but a lot of people were saying orangey. I don't know.
1: I know. I think that they were Googling.
0: But it was like early and it was, I don't know about that. But I, e- either I'm, way, either way we missed it. So. A little suspect there. Seven and three. Not good. That means uh. Next week, if we want to get to eighty percent, we yeah, have to I'm go. I'm with China. Bobby. That
1: feels super shady.
0: Well, it was super shady that we missed it. So,
1: challenge the the call on the field stands. Yeah, I think it's confirmed. <laughs> That's not a stand. That's confirmed. Well, there's some discrepancy of cactus, so it okay. stands.
0: All right, A to Z Sports Live on this Tuesday. That'll wrap it up for us on this Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow on Wednesday. Don't forget, uh, we've got uh, Buck Rising coming up live tonight on the same YouTube and Facebook channels with A to Z Sports Primetime. He'll see you then. Make sure you like the show before you go on both Facebook and YouTube, and we'll see you guys tomorrow on a Wednesday. Appreciate it as always.
1: Adios.